You are listening to a New Season Church audio sermon. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. A brand new series called The Code. The kingdom values, kingdom culture. And what we've been looking at is how do we create kingdom culture within the church and how do we create kingdom culture within ourselves and our lives. Because here's the thing, I've come to realize, maybe not recently, but, but it's always been a thing of, what, why is there always seem to be a disconnect between what God is saying and what we are experiencing? I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. God says one thing, but you're experiencing another thing. And yes, there are seasons to those things. And there are certain seasons that we go through that God will delay certain things for us so that we can mature. But I think there's a little bit of a, of a, of a bigger and, and, and more important thing is that God is not asleep and heaven isn't broken. God isn't asleep and heaven isn't broken. But the, 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 the challenge comes in is that when we, we are wanting to experience certain things of the kingdom, but the kingdom comes with certain values and a certain culture. The kingdom uh, operates on certain principles and values. And the problem is, is that when we don't go according to the kingdom values and the kingdom principles, we are not in line or in alignment with what God is doing. And so we are expecting one thing, but we're doing another thing. And so when we, the, 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 what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different answer. So we could keep doing the same thing, the same thing we were taught, the same thing our parents did, the same thing our colleagues do. And instead of going to God and finding out what is the principle and the culture and the values that we need to develop in order to receive the fruit of the kingdom, we're going to everybody else and we're getting frustrated. We're getting frustrated because what we've been told and what we're experiencing is two different things. Right, And I've come to realize that the missing key really is about the values and the culture that we develop within our lives. You have a culture within yourself. And I'm not talking ethnic culture. I'm not talking about traditional culture. I'm talking about the, the, the culture answers the question of how do we do things here. Your family has a culture. There's a certain way that you do things in your family that I and Samantha don't do the same potentially that's a different culture now the issue is when we try to take our worldly culture and we try to experience kingdom results it doesn't work because the bible tells us do not be conformed to this world right what is talking about culture but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so what is it talking about firstly there's a culture that you have developed within your life that you need to make sure if you want to experience the results of the kingdom or the fruit of the kingdom you've got to align yourself with the culture of the kingdom now any culture is dependent on certain values values are basically the the common intangible way that we that we define or we determine the relative worth of something to something else I value this more than I value this. So therefore, this thing is more important and therefore it's a priority. Yeah. If, you know, if you want to know what you value, look at your time, where you spend your time and look at where you spend your finances. You will quickly determine what you value and what you don't value. But the Bible tells us that, yes, there is a promise to, to following God. There's a promise to the kingdom. However, it's dependent on us seeking the kingdom first. You see, we, we can't, even though God, God, is, God is unconditionally merciful, He loves us, He wants to embrace us, but God is not flippant about His practices and His principles and the kingdom. He's very serious. He's so serious about His kingdom and His purpose in the world that He sent Himself to die for you and me. That's how serious He is about the kingdom and the purpose of the kingdom. So God will not flip, you know, flip-flop based on our opinion or based on our preference or based on our convenience God says I'm calling you up higher if you want these kind of results and if you want to actually walk in the abundance that I've that I've called you to you got to come up to not come up to the level but you got to align yourself to the values of the kingdom right and look I mean I can talk about two three hundred different values of the kingdom but as a church we've identified six very simple values that we say as new season church this is how we do it here now there are other values that you might have and they're kingdom based and that's wonderful and that's good i'm not saying that this is an exhaustive list it's not the only set of values there are other different values but these are the ones that myself and samantha really this is how we 
how the values of our life, which is kingdom, kingdom values. And so by extension, the, the church that we birth is going to have those same values, right? And so over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the code, the set of values that we have. And so I want to recap a couple of them. So it's number one, make it fun. We want to make sure that we have fun. So when I got up here and I said, hey, I don't have any pants, um, you laughed. Because, hey, we, need, we can't take ourselves so seriously. And life happens sometimes. And the way we, the way we respond to life will actually determine how we, how, we, how we experience it. If I got up here and I went all like weird and I was like, I'm not going to go up there. And, you know, we got to make it a little bit fun. And this makes it relational. And this makes it attractional. And we want to have fun at home. Doesn't mean that we are not uh, uh, that we are not uh, purposeful or serious, if I can use that word, about the kingdom of God. But it does mean that we don't have to walk around like we've been sucking on lemons the whole day, right? So, so we want to make it fun. Um, that was the second one. The first one was expect more. We want to make sure that we come to to God and we want to expect more of God. We want to come to God with expectancy because God responds to expectancy. God responds. To when we place a demand on Him. If you're going to come in here this morning with zero expectancy, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get zero because God, God responds to expectancy. And I spoke about the woman with the issue of blood. And then make it better. I spoke about that, or oh, better together. I spoke about that last week. And I spoke about unity. How when we unite with heart, not just about the what we're doing or the how we're doing it, but the why we're doing the purpose of a thing, you find that you have direction and you are in agreement. And one of the most powerful things that you can do in any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a, it's a corporate body like a church, the most powerful thing that you can do is be in unity and be united, not based on how or what we're doing, but based on the why. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's good. Just go back a week a week to our Facebook and you'll get the catch up or download it from our website, right? So I really, the, I'm laying a really a foundation in terms of our church and the culture that we want to have and develop because this culture drives any kind of organization, anybody, whether it's a family, whether it's a business, culture drives their thing. They say culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. You can come up with a bunch of strategy, and I've told you this before, in your work. I don't know if you've ever come up with a great new strategy. And they've just gone, well, that's just not how we do it here. Right? Guess what they're telling you? That's not the culture. So it doesn't matter whether you have a great strategy. If the culture doesn't support the strategy, well, it's, just, it's not going to work. So I want us to be very intentional with the kind of culture that we are developing. And so this morning... I'm going to be talking about do unto others. The last are sharp and make it better. But this morning I'm going to be talking specifically about do unto others. And when I talk about do unto others, you've heard the, you've heard the saying and it's a scripture, do unto others as you would have do unto you. And what I'm talking about is honor. I'm going to be talking about honor this morning. Honor is a very interesting principle because it is a very... Uh, important principle in the kingdom of God, but very few people know about the principle of honor, let alone how it affects the ability to walk in abundance. Because I can tell you right now, if you start to understand the principle of honor, you will start to see much more kingdom fruit in your life as opposed to if you don't understand honor. Honor, unfortunately, is sometimes seen as a swear word in our culture. It's seen, we, we honor, uh, there is... Within the worldly culture, there's very little honor. Very little honor. But honor is a biblical principle. And God is very uh, uh, peculiar about honor. And He goes, and I'm going to give you a couple of, um, couple of scriptures here. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.30 says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Out, outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, Proverbs 3.19, Honor the, uh, the Lord with your wealth and with the first, first fruits of your produce. John 12.26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, my father will honor. God is very specific about honor. Last one, 1 Timothy 5.17, Let the elders who rule well and be counted worthy of double honor, especially those that labor in the word 
and doctrine. God is very uh, serious, if I can use that word, about honor. Honor is a kingdom principle that if we start to understand, you will, you will start to walk in a greater, if I can call it abundance. But abundance, we must be careful when we talk about abundance because abundance is not just material. See, you can walk in abundance of joy and not have a lot of stuff. And you can walk in abundance of material stuff and not, not have a lot of joy. You can, have, you can have a lot of peace in the midst of lack. You see, so we must be very careful when you say abundance because most of the time what we think of abundance we, we mean money in the bank. Okay? Is, is that a part of it? Absolutely. Does God want you to be financially uh, uh, you know, provided for? Absolutely. But that's not the whole crux of following God. Ultimately, God has given you life. He's given you access to Him. He's given you eternal life through Christ. And that should be the reason for worship. But as a, as a byproduct of us worshiping God, as a byproduct of us serving His kingdom, as a byproduct of us having His agenda as our agenda, we then start to walk in what we call abundance of material things and, and joy and, 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 and health and all of those things. So be careful when we talk about abundance. But understanding honor will determine how you walk in abundance. So what is honor? What is honor? Honor is the value that we attach to something or, or someone. In the, in, in the Old Testament, in the original Hebrew, the word honor referred to uh, the weight of something. Right, the weight of something, or often in certain contexts, being rich. In the new con in the New Testament, the, the the Greek refers to it as as the. Let me just get it here. It's time, and it literally means the price of a thing. In the New Testament, when it's, when it says "I'll do one another one another in honor," it's talking about the price of a thing. In the Old Testament, it's talking about the weight of a thing. So both are really talking about value. If you if you think about those old school scales. Where you'd put one thing like a like an object on the one side, and then they put a, a weight on the other. What were they doing? They were trying to match the value of the one of the of the of the object to the value of of the weight, and that's how they determine the price of something. So when we look at the biblical context of honor, when it talks about honor, and you look at what the original context means, it actually means the value of something. It means the value of something. So when you say, I honor something, it means that you're putting a greater value or greater value on the thing or someone relative to something else. So God is really talking to us when He says, honor me or honor someone or honor something. He's saying, I want you to put a greater value on that thing as opposed to what you would do to something else. Are you still with me? Yes. All right. So we're talking about value. Talking about value. So it is the value that we attach to something or someone. It means that when we honor someone, we are placing them in a greater value. We are placing a greater value upon them as opposed to some, somebody else. Now, I'm not talking about the, the eternal worth is more. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the value that we place on that person within our life is greater than, some, than something else or someone else. But there is a reward to honor. There is a reward to honor. Honor is just like any other principle in the kingdom of God. It works on the sowing and reaping principle. Okay? The Bible tells us that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will remain. Now oftentimes that's quoted as a tithing, there's a tithing uh, scripture. But it's actually not. It's a concept of sowing and reaping. You see, if I want an apple tree, I can't sow oranges. If you, if you sow orange seed and the orange tree comes up and you say, but how, why don't I have apples? You're going to like, you know, people are going to think you're crazy, right? Okay. It's the same thing in the kingdom. It's a, honor, it's, it's a sowing principle. You see, you can't, you can't expect to sow dishonor and reap honor. You can't expect to sow uh, a nothing, you know, and then reap financial blessing from God. You can't, you can't sow, um, what's the opposite of integrity? I don't know. Disintegrity. Disintegrate. <laughs> Corruption, okay. I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word. Anyway, you can't not sow integrity and then reap 
and reap integrity in your life. Or some, you can't not sow integrity so you, you don't do what you say you're going to do and then be surprised when other people don't do what, they're going to, what they say they're going to do in your life. It's a sowing and reaping principle and honor is the same. Because there's a reward to honor. You see, if you sow honor, you will reap honor. If you sow dishonor, what you're going to reap? Disgrace. I learned this long time ago. Uh, we were you know, in, in, in the church and uh, there was a... Uh, so our pastor was speaking and he was really, uh, you know, he's getting into really uh, intense kind of, dis- not discussion, but opening up the word, right? And obviously he needed attention. There was a guy at the back there. He was like messing around a little bit. And he kind of looked at him and said, listen... Just leave it. I need, I need attention because there was a lot of distraction towards that person. And he kind of carried on, carried on, carried on. Eventually, he got a very nice public rebuke. Because the principle is, if look, if you're going to disgrace me publicly, then I'm going to dishonor you public, publicly. Now, you might find that, well, that's a bit harsh. But it's a principle. Do you know it's a biblical principle? I'll show you. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> right. One Samuel... 1 Samuel 2.30. It says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, Indeed that your I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before, before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me. For those that honor me I will honor. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So here's the principle. If you honor something, that thing will honor you. If you despise it or dishonor it or disgrace it, guess what? You're going to be lightly esteemed. What is it to be esteemed? To be lifted up, to be honored. So it's not, it's not, oh my word, well, that person was mean. No, it's a very biblical principle because even God says, look, if you honor me, if you place me as a greater value in your life than something else, then I will honor you. What does it mean? If you regard me, I will regard you. If you dishonor me, I will lightly esteem you. Now, please, it's not that God now turns His back on you, but however, God, your eternal uh, alignment with God is done and dusted when, with, when it comes to Christ. So, your eternal salvation is not what's brought into question. What then is brought into question, if I can use that, is to the extent that you walk in the abundance that God has provided for you. Because we really must have the understanding that I can't walk my life and live my life any way I want to and they still expect God just to give me blessing. Well, that's because that's God. It doesn't work like that. And if you can find me anywhere in the scripture where it actually says that, I'll be very interested to have a discussion with you. But there is this idea that grace is, is cheap. See, grace is free, but it ain't cheap. See, we are given things by grace, but a lot of times what we think then, oh, that God's grace is upon me and so I can live however I want and I can talk however I want and I can interact with the world and with His kingdom however I want. And God's God's grace is still there. Yes, God's grace is there. means that He won't punish you for the times that you mess up. But He also won't reward principles that are misaligned with His word. So do I believe in grace? Absolutely. Do I believe that you walk in things that you don't deserve? Absolutely. But guess what? There's a condition. First, seek the kingdom of God and then these things will be added unto you. Don't go seek your own kingdom first and expect God to add stuff to you just because we came and, came, came and sat on a chair you know, every three weeks and we feel like we're doing God a, a favor. It doesn't work like that. right? But here's the thing. There is a war to honor. So my, I'm, I'm very logical. So I'm like, okay, if this produces that, then I'm going to do this. So reverse engineer, engineer. If there's blessing there, what are the steps to get there? Oh, one, two, three, four. Then we just do one, two, three, four. Let's not go this side and expect to end up at the blessing. doesn't work like that. So God, there's a reward to honor. There's a reward to honor. And if you will understand this principle, if you will understand this principle, you will start to experience your life in far greater uh, measure and far greater um, abundance. I've just seen it throughout the years. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. People that honor those uh, people in authority and people that God has placed in their lives walk in greater honor. 
than those that are, than, that, that, that are, I don't even want to use the word rebellious, but those that, that, that place very little value on what God says and how God's kingdom works. Those don't walk in as much of honor and abundance and blessing as those that show honor uh, where God has called them to show honor. Now, does it mean it's easy? Of course not. That's the point. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, saying, well, it's easy to be a millionaire. No, if it was easy, then everybody would be, would be doing it. It's not easy. That's the point. But understanding when you do those things and when you, when you do it with a little bit of possibly or sacrifice, there's a far greater reward at the end. Are you with me? Amen. With me. So here's the thing. What, what is honor about? Honor is actually a heart condition. Honor has more to do with your heart than anything else. You see, because you can honor with your mouth and dishonor with your heart. Okay? You with me? What do I mean by that? Well, how do you honor? How do you show honor? It's very, it's, it's a, it's a, okay. How do we show honor? How do we honor in our hearts? Submission. Now here's another swear word where we don't like it. We hate this word. Why? Why? Because we, we've been taught to be independent, right? We've been taught that it's my life. You're not going to tell me what I need to do. Right? Because I, it's my life. You can't tell me what to do. Yes, it is your life. Absolutely. But here's the thing. It's actually not your life. Because the Bible says you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. So actually your life is not your own. If you're in the kingdom, listen, you somebody's. You are somebody's. If you're in the kingdom of God, you are God's. If you're not in the kingdom of God, well, then you're somebody else's. And you understand where I'm going. But you somebody's. And so what does the Bible say? You, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And what is the price? The blood of Jesus. The greatest price. The most priceless thing that could ever be bought for you or paid for you is the, is the blood of Jesus. You are not your own. I'm not your own, my own. I don't really have a say of how I handle my life. But what I do need to do is I need to line up, line myself up with the Word of God. And how do we honor within our hearts? Because if honor is a heart condition, then how do we honor? If, 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 if honor is about where is my heart placed, then how do I honor? See, it's one thing to honor with your mouth, but it's another thing to honor with your heart. And so how do I honor with my heart? Well, it's called submission. Let me show you. 1 Peter 5, 6. And by the way, this is New Testament, so it's not Old Testament, by the way. So uh, if you thought this is under the law, it's not. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. What does that mean? You are to submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may honor you in due time. There's a reward to honor. There's a reward to submission. But we don't like submission because we think it's about pressing us down. Biblical submission is never about pressing us down. It's about taking us to where God has called us to. You see, a submission it really can also, can also be defined as direction or instruction. Do you, if you have kids, you instruct them, right? Or how, I hope you do. You instruct them. What are you asking of them? Submission. What you're asking them to do is for them to say, okay, I'm going to submit myself under your hand because in due time, what you're instructing me to do will take me to a greater place and I will be self-sufficient, right? So what God is saying to you and to me, He's saying, I want you to submit yourself underneath my mighty hand so then in due time, I will do what I will exalt you. I will honor you so that the things that I'm instructing you with is about, is about taking you to a greater level. You hear me? You see, breakthrough isn't like, I've come to realize breakthrough in your life is not just a, okay, well, one day I was here, another day I was here. Right? There's a process. And so when God says, I want you to submit yourself under my hand, what He's saying to you, He's saying, I want you to take instruction from me. Because my words are words of life. 
And so when you adhere to my words, guess what? Your life start, you start to produce, you start to function in a certain way and certain actions that actually produce good things in your life. And so what seems like a breakthrough and suddenly actually isn't a suddenly because you have been walking through a process. And when you are actually more, uh, when you're fully matured, you're now coming into the fullness of what God has called you to. But it doesn't just happen. Like we have this idea that we just, we're just going to sit here and poof, things are just going to work out. And I love it when people say, I'm just trusting God. Just trusting God. Yeah? Trusting God. Do you know, in, in the natural, what does trusting look like? If I say to you, if I just say to Samantha, Samantha, I want you to meet me tomorrow at 11.01 at the pick and pay. Okay. She can be like on Sunday, oh, I'm, just, I'm just trusting Boyan, hey? Just trusting Boyan. And 10 o'clock Monday morning, I'm just trusting Boyan, hey? And 11.01, still at home, I'm just trusting Boyan, hey? 11.30, I'm still trusting Boyan. How is the trust shown? By actually meeting me in the place where I told her to meet me at, isn't it? Otherwise, she doesn't trust me. She doesn't trust me that I'll be there. But if she actually gets up and says, I'm going to actually meet him and be where he is, guess what? I'm trusting, I'm trusting him. We say, we say trusting God as if it's like, we're going, I'm going to the shops. Where are you going? I'm just going to the shops. What are you doing? I'm trusting God. But how is your trust shown? That shows in your heart conditions. That, that's why the Bible tells us, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Your life, what you're experiencing right now, is a direct result of your heart condition. And if we can't submit ourselves firstly within our hearts to God, guess what? The stuff that's going to flow out of your heart isn't going to be good. And so instead of blaming God about where, how He's asleep and how God isn't doing this and how God isn't doing that, we need to first look at ourselves and say, what is it that I, what is my heart condition? What is my heart condition? Because out of that heart will flow the issues of life. Are you with me? Okay. We must first honor God within our hearts. We must first honor God within our hearts. So, how do we honor God within our hearts? Here's another swear word for you. Obedience. Oh, you're like, man, I knew you was going to say that. I hate that word. Why? Because we want to do our own thing. And we, for some reason, for some reason, we've got this twisted idea that obedience is somehow contrary to what we, like, our, our I don't know, our fulfillment but at the end of the day, if the Bible is true, and if God is real, which He is, and if the Bible is true, which it is, God says that in Him we live, move, and have our being. That our ultimate fulfillment is found in Him. And so if we want our ultimate fulfillment and actually find the place that we were created to be, then guess where we need to be? We need to do what He says we should do. It's not rocket science, guys. We complicate it. We complicate it. Do you know what complicates it? Our own flesh. You know that part of you that doesn't want to do what God says you should do? So we, we praying, we fasting, we naming and claiming and framing and prophesying and having everybody lay hands on us. Well, actually, it's just an issue of obedience. And do you know how you're obedient? Let me, let me, let me, let me give you the secret. Come in close and listen very carefully. Do you know how you are obedient? This is the secret. You do it. You do it. There's, you never feel like being obedient. That's the thing. We always wait to feel like we want to do something. It never comes. Because here's the thing. Submission is not necessary when we agree. Obedience is not necessary when we agree. It's necessary when we disagree or we are disobedient, right? So when is a submission, when is leadership required? Leadership is not required when everybody agrees. Leadership is required when nobody agrees and someone says, hey, this is where we're going. And so obedience and submission is required when? When we don't 
agree within ourselves. But here's the thing. You must, have, you must make a clear distinction between your personal preference and what the Word says. Because personal preference, by the way, will often be in disagreement with what the Word says. That You don't need obedience then. You don't need to trust then. You don't need faith then. When do you need to trust when your personal preference doesn't agree with the, with, with the Word? When do you need to have faith when it doesn't agree? When you want to go and do your own thing and God says, Hey, hold on. Remember, this is the path to life. These are these, My words are the words of life. These are what's going to take you to where you want to go. This is where we're going. But our little part called the flesh gets in the way. Because our flesh wants what's comfortable. And our flesh wants what's convenient. And our flesh wants what's easy. But convenient, comfortable, easy, often you will know, do not produce the results that you want in your life. The things that actually produce the greatest results in your life, you've seen through your life, is those things that are not easy, are not convenient, and often very uncomfortable. So really it boils down to where do you want to be and what do you want to do. We need to honor God first within our hearts. How do we honor God? Through obedience to the Word. I hope I'll be able to finish everything today, but probably not. How do we honor? We honor on three different levels. Often we've seen that honor, we've spoken about honor often about honoring only people in authority. It's not. We, are, we, we honor people on three different levels. We honor people on upward, people in authority, people sideways, our peers, and then we honor downward, right? So we honor people that are further in the journey than we are, right? People in authority. Then we honor people that are in the same kind of level in terms of our journey, so our peers. And then we honor people that are in a bit further behind us in the journey by bringing them closer. So we honor on three different levels. I want to talk about how we honor upward this morning. And I'll hopefully, like I said, I'll get through everything. So how do we honor above us? So firstly, we must place, we must honor God within our hearts. That's the first thing. You see, if we can't honor God ourselves, we will never be able to honor people in authority over us. You won't, because if, if you don't honor God in terms of obedience, in terms of what He says, you will not be able to honor upwards either. So how do we do that? We must be obedient to His instruction. Jesus said, if you love me, follow my commandments. He said, if you love me, you follow my commandments. What are you doing? You're following His instruction. You're being obedient to what He says. When we are submitted to God, we can then honor those that are in our lives, that are in authority over us. Here's the thing. God has placed authority in your life, not to put you down, but to take you closer to where God wants you to be. I said, that I, and I said this on Tuesday night when we were talking about discipline and correction. Discipline is not rejection, right? We often view as discipline as rejection. But God actually says, I discipline those that I love. What does that mean? I bring them into alignment. So God says, I place people in your life to do what? To not to reject you, but discipline is not rejection. It's a process to perfection. You need people in your life in authority over you to say, hey, remember where you're going. And this is how you get there. And so God will place people in authority. Your kids, you are that place in their lives. Right? Within the church, it's the pastor. God has placed me as a spiritual authority in your life. Not so that, I've, so that I can stroke my ego. Right? It's not so that I, I didn't have anything better to do on a Sunday morning. But it's because God has placed, and I believe God has placed a mandate on my life and a calling to lead people spiritually. Right? And so when you join this church, you in essence are saying, oh, there's a person that's going to take me to where God's calling me to. Now, it does, these, the word is not guidelines. The, words are in, the word is instruction. And so the way we, we, we honor specifically people in authority is by following their instruction. So a lot of people, most of you here will call me pastor. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But you know, let me tell you something. I would rather you call me Boyan, Bo, Bobo, Bochi, whatever. I don't care what name you come up with me. But you follow the instruction that I'm giving you through the word. Then call me pastor and be disobedient to the word. 
Because you see, one is honor and the other one is hypocrisy. Because what you're doing is you're honoring with your mouth, but you're dishonoring with your heart. And if honor is a heart condition, call me whatever you want to call me. Call me, hey, I don't care. But if as long as you're taking the instruction I'm giving you through the word, because the word is what? It is, is, it is the words of life. It's taking you to greater understanding of life. I'd rather you call me Boyan and be obedient to the word instead of calling me pastor and just take, ah, 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 he doesn't really know what he's talking about. I won't listen to that part. I like this part. I like this part. And your vats will overflow with new vine, with new wine. I like that part. I don't like the line before that says, honor the Lord your God with, with, with your first fruits. I don't like that part. I'll just focus on this part. So I'll name, claim, and frame this one and prophesy this scripture, but I'll go ignore the other one. Right? So be careful how, what, how you honor, right? In, people in authority. So your work. There's another way that you honor people in authority. Your boss. But you don't know what boss I have. You don't know what kind of boss I have. How can I honor my boss? See, I never said it was going to be easy, but God tells us to honor people in authority. Right? So 1 Timothy, there it says, um, 1 Timothy, uh, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those that labor in word and doctrine. So those that labor in word and doctrine. Who's laboring in word and doctrine? I am. So what does it mean? Honor what? Not me as a person. Not me as a person, honor the, the responsibility and the, 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 the position that I play in your life. You see, because when, when we talk about honor, it's not about personal um, preference. We don't need to like each other to honor each other. We don't have to be best friends to honor one another. You don't actually have to particularly like me to honor me. And I don't have to particularly like you to honor you. You see, because honor has nothing to do with likability or personality. Honor has nothing to do with personality. Honor has to do with valuing the rank and the position that that person has in your life. You see, but... When you go to work, you honor that person. You might honor them only by, by, by word and not your heart, but you honor them, right? When they say to you, Boyan, you need to be on time. You're on time. Right? Why? Why? Why don't you say, oh, I don't prefer to be on time. I prefer to be here at quarter past eight instead of when the starting work time is. Why do you honor them? Because you understand there's a value to honoring them, Right? Right? There's a thing at the end of the month that comes into your bank account because you honor them. You see, if we understood that we must be careful that we don't honor our bosses more than we honor God. Be careful that you don't place a higher value on your boss than what you do on God. Because why do you have that job in the first place? I know it's because you think you're so great and wonderful and... But by the way, there's a thing called grace. And, and some of you are walking in, in, in greater grace in this season, not because you're so good looking and God doesn't, couldn't find anybody else. It's His grace upon you. So recognize the source of the grace. Recognize who's the source of your, of, of your blessing. It's God. And start honoring that. Don't honor your boss more than you honor God. And it's got nothing to do with personality. It really doesn't. You see, in an army, in the army, they have higher-ranked officers, right? I don't, I don't, and I don't know the. I've never been in the army. Some of you that might have been there. There's certain rank, right? Certain. You come in at a lower rank and you work yourself up to a higher rank. And so, when the higher-ranking officer tells the lower-ranking officer, "Hey, get in line, do a hundred push-ups," he doesn't go, "Well, you know, I don't like you very much, so I'm not going to take instruction from you." Or, I don't prefer to do 100 push-ups. No, what did they do? They say, yes, sir. Because what is the responsibility of the, of the, of the, the office in authority? It's to prepare them for battle. It's to prepare them for combat. So, 
it doesn't help that the, the low-ranking officer goes, I don't like you very much, so I'm not going to listen to you. Because when you get into the battle and there's guns and bullets and all kinds of nonsense going on, you saying, I didn't like him very much, isn't going to help you when there's bullets flying for you. How do, so how does it go, like, how is that relevant to your life? You and I, the Bible says, we, now we do not wage against natural things, but we are waging against spiritual things. You are in a constant spiritual battle. And so my responsibility is to equip you for the battle, for combat. And so it doesn't matter. You might not like my accent. You might not like the fact how I'm dressed this morning. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is what I'm saying to you preparing you for the battles that you are facing? And then it doesn't really matter whether you like me or not because you're not honoring my personality. You're honoring my rank or my position. Because there's ranking in the kingdom. There is. Even though all of us eternally are on the same level, there are certain, what I mean by rank, certain different levels of responsibility. That's all a rank is. It doesn't make you better than me. It doesn't make me better than you. It's just it's a different responsibility. Just like in the same way that the, the, the petty officer is in the same worth as the general by what they, what they do or the addition to the army, the difference is the one has a greater responsibility than the other. And to him much is given, much is required. And so when we talk about honor, we must honor within our hearts, not just with our mouths. A couple of, I'm going to finish with this. How do we, uh, practical ways of honoring. Practical ways of honoring. Obedience to the word. So firstly, honor God with the word. Be obedient to the word. What he says to do. Be obedient to the word. Secondly, encouragement and kind words. Encourage one another. Be kind to one another. Right? How does that work when we're talking about specifically in people in authority? Hey, you're doing a great job. Why don't you go to your boss and say, hey, listen, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job. But they're doing such a horrible job. No. Here's the thing. You only have one side of the view. You only see your view of their responsibility towards you. So they might be doing a bad job, but you don't see the 360 degree of their responsibility. Say, thanks so much. I just want to tell you you're doing a great job. Firstly, it will blow their mind. Right? They'll be like, what? What do you want? No, nothing. Right? Hey, you're doing a great job. just want to tell you, man, just keep going. Yeah? I know it's difficult. I know it's been a bit rough, but hey, we're with you. Go for it. Oh, but then I'm sucking up. No, you're not sucking up. What you're doing is you're honoring. Because you're not expecting anything in return. All you're doing is you're recognizing the value that that person has. Right? Gratitude slash gifts. Thank you. Very much. Awesome. Gifts. Why don't you go take your boss a cup of coffee? How can I take my cup of coffee? What do the other people think? It doesn't matter what other people think. You are walking in a principle in your life. Why? Because first you must honor within your heart. Honor God within your heart. Then you honor honor within your heart, right? Responsiveness. What do I mean by responsiveness? How quick are you to respond to an instruction? determines your value, your honor of, of that person or that thing, right? Responsiveness. So, I'll show you. When you tell your kids to do something, when do you want it to be done? Now. Not in five hours. Not... <laughs> what are they doing? They're dishonoring you, right? So, you want them to do it Quickly and with a great attitude. So guess how you're supposed to respond to the instruction of God? Quickly and with a great attitude. Do it. Quickly. Responsiveness. Right? Practical examples. When someone messages you, don't blue tick them. Respond. I can see you read the message. Two blue ticks. Respond. Responsiveness. Responsiveness. It's I'm valuing you, so I'm quickly responding. Because I can tell you when your boss asks you to do something, it's quick. Right? Responsiveness. On a time. If the meeting starts at 9, be there at 9. 
If you have an appointment with someone and says, okay, we're going to meet at 12, be there at 12. Do you know why? Because here's the thing. When you're late, what it says is my, your time is more important than mine. So if you're late for a meeting with me, what you're saying to me is, I've got time to waste, but you don't. So honor time. These are practical ways that you can honor time. Right? Stop stealing time at your work. Get on time. Don't steal time. Be at work on time. Honor the time. But you know how you know how difficult. Here's the thing. You agreed. If you didn't agree, then you can have an issue. But if you said, I agreed to this, we agreed to be at a specific point, you know, then you can't come back and say, no. Because you made an agreement. Don't agree to the thing if you can't adhere to it. So on a time, very practical ways. Now it's taking it out of like, oh yeah, honor God with my heart. And how do you honor them practically? Because out of the issues of, of your heart, out of your heart flow the issues of life. On a time. Now if you're late, responsiveness. Hello, so-and-so. I'm running a bit late. So sorry. Now don't make it a habit. Because then it's a different thing. Right? Don't just say apologize for being late, but you're late every single time. So sorry, I'm not there on time. That's, you're honoring somebody. You're honoring someone's time. Same thing in the church. It's the same thing. I'm talking about values of the church, honoring time. Be on time. If you can't be on time, I'm oh, so sorry, one, two, three, four happen. Now, if one, two, three, four happens five times in a row, then we just know you don't want to be here. Like, then it's not an issue of this is something happening, just another, another story, right? So everybody's got a message. Say, I'm so sorry. I can't, I, I'm running late. Cool. Last thing, integrity. Integrity means... I do what I said I'm going to do. I'm committed. Integrity. It means that if I said I'm going to be there, I'm there. And if I can't be there, I'm going to let you know. We, we don't want to, we don't want to live, leave things up in the air because we want to honor one another. The Bible tells us that we must outdo in showing honor to one another. It's a biblical principle because if honor is about play, the placing value on you, then if I don't honor my word, then I don't value you as someone that I need to honor my word for. If I said I'm going to meet you, then I'm there. If I don't pitch, hey, what, what happened? Where are you? Ah, you know, ish. And we come up with, we come up with a story because we like, hey, where are you? Ah. Then you're trying to phone. They don't answer. What you're actually saying to me, I'm of zero value to you because you're not honoring our agreement. You're not honoring where we're at. Honor is a very powerful principle. And if you start to recognize how to, how to do that, you start to see that honor works reverse. When you honor something, that thing starts to honor you. Watch when you start honoring, honoring God, how God starts to get involved with your stuff. When you start placing Him as a priority, all of a sudden God starts to place you as a priority. When you start, when you start saying, I'm going I'm to move out of my comfort zone and maybe come in a bit earlier so that I can, I can volunteer. Watch what God says. Oh, okay, you are moving things around to prioritize me. I'm going I'm to move some stuff around to prioritize you. But we can't, here's the thing, we can't claim the, the, the scripture and all things will be added unto me un, before, bef, unless we do the first condition, which is seek the kingdom first. And then these things get added unto you. Amen. You learned something this morning? Awesome. As I close. And as I close. <laughs> the bank can come up as I close. <laughs> Or whatever the keys, whatever the case. So I wanna, I'm gonna wrap it up there. I'm gonna be carrying on next week with um, some of the other, some of the other ways that we honor. But ultimately, we must first understand that we honor within our hearts. You see, if I, I don't honor God within my heart, all of this other stuff doesn't make sense. All of this stuff really is pointless. I need to make sure that I'm in right alignment with God. And when I'm in right alignment with God, then other stuff comes to in alignment. You see, when we, when we prioritize things correctly, other things fall into place. The issue comes in, we want to we take the key piece of the puzzle, God, and we want to put Him on the side. 
and then we wonder why the pieces don't fit together. It's like it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle or, or, or a puzzle, a puzzle, or a puzzle. <laughs> if there's a missing piece, that puzzle will never be complete. And you can try fit them together. You will always find that it's not complete. And guess what? It's frustrating. But the moment that we have the right piece, which is God, if God is in the center, if He is the starting piece of it all, everything else then starts to fall into place. How? I don't know. And that's the thing about faith. That's the thing about obedience. Often you don't know how they fall into place, but somehow they do. The moment you make a decision to say, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to... Hello, <laughs> Karen. <laughs> the moment I'm going to make a decision to follow God. I've seen it's when you make the decision, things start to fall into place. But it's, it's when we in indecision, when we, I don't know, hey, one foot in, one foot out. You know, I don't know if I should do it, shouldn't do it. I don't know if I must take the job, not take the job. I don't know if I must volunteer because when I volunteer, I'm going to get up early. Let's call an alarm clock. How I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. I've just seen it. When you make a decision, it, it just falls into place. How, how, you know, but how am I going to do with the kids? Your kids are very resilient, by the way. We, we've, been, we've been coming, we've been doing this for two years with Ethan and, 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 you know, Gershwin and Amorim were there. All of us with our, with our, there were two at the time, yeah? Two. And they were okay. Zach was like, what, like a baby. He was like one. And they all turned out fine. Actually better than fine. Do you know why? Because you're showing them a practical example of placing the kingdom first. When you actually say, when they say, oh, hold on, mommy, mommy doesn't like to get up in the morning. But for some reason, she gets up early, early on a Sunday morning. There's something something important here that I need to realize. They start to connect things. Start to connect things. And so it's a very practical example for, for, your, for your kids. Your kids will be fine if you, if you get up 30 minutes early, I promise you. They might, have a little bit, they might be a little bit cranky, but it's okay. The anointing of God is there and the presence of God is there. And they'll probably sleep through it and then eventually... Now it's like a normal thing. That's a normal thing. So don't be so concerned about the what-ifs. Put your faith and trust in God and be obedient to what He said. Amen. We trust that this message has blessed you. We would like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at our Easter's campus.